0: Ultimately, within a team, you want kind of these very hyper-motivated people in there um, who, who push you further, and they, they give you kind of a wake-up call if you're already more experienced. And it's like, yeah, I actually look at this person is really happy, even though it, nothing, everything looks wrong, maybe. But this, this inspiration, this motivation is very, very much helping myself as well to keep
1: going, push further, to be better. My guest today is Christopher Hees, who is a supervisor, lead, and engineer working for Double Negative and The Foundry. Chris was my lighting supervisor on the Heinzel's animation feature film, and I could experience his team management style in person. Together we talk about building a successful and healthy team in a stressful film production, handling team dynamics, and how to give feedback and do reviews without negative emotions. You are listening to The 21 Artist Show, a podcast that inspires creatives to make meaningful content to pursue their passion. I'm talking with creators, artists, and engineers about their careers, lessons they have learned, and how to make an impact. I'm your host, Alexander Richter. I'm a technical director and coach in visual effects, animation, and games. For more content, go to 21artistshow.com. Enjoy the show. It's awesome to have you on the show, Chris. Thank you. Happy to be here. Before we go into the topic itself, I would like to get a little bit of like your background. I mean, we know each other, but also for the audience and the people who are listening, it would be interesting to get a little bit of a glimpse into your career and uh, where you are now, basically.
0: I will start on my very first um, serious paid job. Um, not at the very beginning. So my first job was basically um, in the, within the games industry, actually. Uh, working on AAA games in Vienna um, as a generalist, so doing various tasks such as modeling, texturing, animation, yeah, so multiple different things. Uh, unfortunately, after around one and a half years, approximately, yeah, the company um, shut down, and we were all let go. So at that time, I was then thinking, okay, what what should I do next? And I always wanted to actually work within the movie film industry. So I thought this is now a perfect um, the perfect time, right? So um, I basically packed my stuff and moved to England uh, and started studying again at the Bournemouth University for one year, um, doing the master's de- degree in digital effects. Um, that, like I was hoping, that that allows me easier to get a job within the industry, as it is really sp- specialized in that area. So. After this one year at the university I was then looking for a job in London um and that was actually really difficult because I don't know if if you remember it or if you know it um but at the time um the the production of John Carter from Mars finished and and the majority of the visual effects houses within London hired a huge amount of artists from all around the world um for that movie because it's it's very very visual effects heavy, right? So once that finished, um, there, let's say there was a huge amount of unemployed, um, experienced artists out there. And then as a fresh graduate, um, to get a job um, was kind of almost impossible. Uh, it's like it, it, it was really, really difficult. So as an alternative, then I got actually the opportunity to work for the foundry um, as a QA engineer uh, within the Mari team. So that was a very interesting experience. So I really liked it, um, but it was not really what I actually wanted to do. So after around, again after around one and a half years, um, I tried to get back into the movie industry. And at that time, then I was lucky enough that I actually got a job um, at Double Negative. So there I started as an FX TD, and yeah, worked basically on various movies such as Fantastic Beasts, Dunkirk, um, Hunger Games. Captain America, and so on. So I, I really remember very well my first movie, which was Hunger Games, Catching Fire. First of all, I was super nervous um, joining the industry and then and then once you sit in your room and you get assigned your shots and you kind of meet the people we are working with, Um, it's actually very intimidating, to be honest. At least it was for me. Um, you have all these amazing people sitting around you and now you, you, you're kind of in the middle between them and you shoot do kind of reach the same quality as, as or the same quality of work of what they do. So, so that's very intimidating. So it took me quite a while actually to feel comfortable and also confident in, in the tasks I'm doing. I spent, um, three and a half years at double negative as an FXTD. And after that, I kind of wanted a change of pace. So I moved back to Austria, Vienna and, and started working at Arx Anima. Um, where I spent now the last four and a half years. But yeah, so here I changed actually, I didn't do effects anymore, I changed to lighting and then worked as a lighting artist, lighting lead. And in the end, um, on the last project actually was working as a G- CG supervisor on a feature animated movie. So basically that's that's kind of the, the history of my past, let's say 10 years, 10 to 12, 13 years. Um, working from games to visual effects, or from games to software development, to visual effects to animation, as a yeah generalist engineer, effects um, CD, and in the end lighting, and then and then supervisor. So a varied variety of of different tasks and positions.
1: Yeah, the last part was actually where we both met. We are at Arx Anima. We're both working on on Heinzels. You were my my lighting supervisor. And uh, that's also one of the reasons I kind of like we we I, I really enjoyed working with you and I ro- enjoyed also a big part of it was the way how you supervised uh, and the way how you kind of facilitated the team. I think that was something I, I really like. I mean, this is like a little bit of a combination in a lot of sense, but um, especially uh, from your point, uh, I always felt also you had this one level more you know not just like i'm a good supervisor and i treat my team well i always felt like that you kind of also have this building part in in that too this kind of that you think like ahead or before and always try to figure out like is this is this person good for the team not just technically not just like in terms of skill and so that's one of the things i i really enjoyed and that brings us basically to today's episode because I, i wanted to talk with you about building like a productive and a healthy team uh, a little bit from the start also and a little bit from both angles i think it's it's important to to talk about from the angle of the like supervisor from the one who is building the team um whoever this is could be a lead a supervisor could be maybe even producer or whatever um and also from the angle of being part in the team because i feel like you need both parts to push ahead. You know, it's like with each each situation. You cannot just rely that the leader will provide for everything and will make like everything happen. At the end of the day, it's also about the like everyone in the team who who provides the the heart and the soul and sometimes the work to. To keep the team in balance and healthy and stuff like that, so I feel like this is something I, I would uh, would like to kind of explore with you today. I think we should start there at the beginning, and uh, so I think recruiting is probably the beginning. It doesn't mean sometimes you you're you not have the chance. Sometimes you have a, like already an established team from a different project or something like that. But we we go like through all the kind of stages, and let's let's begin with something where we have the choice of more or less. Who we can pick for our team so i would say you would start with recruiting so what would be like the first step when we would build a team with recruiting
0: yes so recruitment is definitely a good um, starting point of how you want to create your team um, but before we go into more detail about that i would like to give you a bit of a background of why i think building a team is a is an important topic so over the years i worked for various different companies and each of them had their own ways and approaches of how um, they want to create a team, how they want to build a team, how to keep the employees kind of comfortable and satisfied in at the workplace and in the work they're doing, right? So some of them I found really, really good and some of them I didn't like so much. Anyway, so why do I think um, it, building a team is, a, is an important topic and should be for any any production? So So basically, what you want is a team that can fulfill any given task in a good and efficient way, right? And here it's not only um, the, the individual skill of each team member that is accountable for the success of the project or of the task, right? So at least that's what I think. So in the end, for example, um, you have a person which, is, which gets hired for a specific task because it's exceptionally good in this task and you know, OK, that that person, that artist can do that job very good. Um, so you put it in this position um, and then add them to the team. Right. But let's say this person doesn't really connect with the team or doesn't feel integrated or the team itself is not really a team and everyone works for themselves. Um, so you're never sure, OK, who can you ask? So what what are you allowed to do in a way how to work? Um, you kind of are not sure who is your person of contact in a way, or you're not sure what is your responsibilities and and kind of you don't feel fully integrated. Um, so you kind of feel limited, uh, not just from, from a task-based approach, but also like in a mental way, um, if I can say that. So in this case, most likely this person will not, meet the expectations you actually originally had to this artist, right? So how come? And this is why I think building a team and trying to connect them is a very important topic
1: that should be taken seriously. Everyone should feel free uh, to work in their own environment in, in terms of like, you know, that you don't have to to make sure all the time, you know, to make sure that what you do is okay. You have to kind of check, for example, with you all the time. Is that okay? Is that okay? Is that okay? Which also takes a lot of time from you. And it takes a lot of responsibility from each of the artists because they become like slaves to, to the progress, it's become like okay. I'm, I I think that's what what like because they they start to think the supervisor is the one who decides everything, and then and then it becomes kind of like uh, I have to please the supervisor instead of I have to please the like the project or something like that. So I think that's that's a little bit of the focus. But like quick question before we go into the recruiting from compared like DNEC and Foundry, which one uh, you felt you felt the most inspired from from like um the team aspect
0: to be honest both had actually very very good approaches um towards the the employee in this case but that's um was very much defined by the by the lead or by the supervisor themselves so for example in the foundry it the the lead in a way or the supervisor could define like the department lead could define of how he wants to treat his team so this was exceptionally good uh which i also tried to take over later on when I became lead or supervisor. And a double negative, because that's kind of a a huge company, right? So they have worldwide more than 1,000 employees. um, And also in London at their peak times, I think they can go up to 1,000 just in the London office itself. So you kind of need a certain structure um, to deal with this amount of people. um, Because the more people you have, the more difficult it becomes to um, please everyone. So, it's kind of okay. you still are a business and you need to be efficient and you want to 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 hire people who can do their work uh but at the same time, you need to keep the motivation up you need to keep your people happy in a way, make them want to come to work, so you want them to wake up in the morning and and they should they should not have the ideas like. Actually today, I really don't want to go work. It's it's nice, nah, stay longer in bed. So this is for me, the first indication for myself, for example, is like, okay, is it actually me which doesn't want to work? Or is it something I don't feel comfortable with? Why I don't want to go to, to a workplace, right? And, and double negative because of the size, they actually have these positions in place, which kind of take care of individual artists. So for example, they have artist managers, which is they, as far as I understood it, one of their functions is that they take care of the well-being of each of each individual. So while in smaller companies, maybe that maybe that is the HR department. In, in other companies, maybe that is the supervisor or the lead. So it's it can vary. Um, and yeah, it really depends on the budget a company have. So do you as a big company, do you already include kind of this dispositions or this process? into your budget and if
1: you don't have it how else would you want to deal with it right i mean it always comes down to to uh, like the more the bigger it is the more budget you have the the more people suddenly involved normally maybe it's if it's like 50 people, 100 people, like in a total, uh, it's maybe one person who, who does all this, uh, this handling. But when it becomes like really big, uh, it's suddenly like a manager, a producer, HR, the supervisor, the lead, and maybe even some other diversity or something like that manager. And here it comes down to, to the thing. What do you define as a team, right?
0: Because um, in reality, everyone is part of the team. It's not just, let's say, the leader, the supervisor um, and the artist he has or she has. So it's, it's also the producer, it's the production team, it's the HR and the people, it's the IT department. Um, it's the, the TDs in the background who build, for example, a pipeline, um, but you maybe don't interact a lot with them. So the team itself can be huge and it depends on what level you you want to look at it and, and how far do you want to build it up or connected with each other
1: maybe give a, give us a little bit of of your opinion what is a good productive and healthy team basically how do you like How do you define it? Because in the end of the day, I mean, if this is the goal of this episode, basically from both sides, like, you know, you want to work in a team, so you have to recognize a healthy, productive, and safe and whatever, whatever buzzwords we can throw in. Um, And on the other side, if you are a CEO, a supervisor, producer, everyone who builds, who has the power to build or to maintain, um, maybe a manager or something, um, it's have to be from both sides, it has to be clear, what how does it look like before you can even start so what would you say like what are the pillars or the definitions or how would you like say this is something i i want this is where i'm striving for and this is something i can check against a, a little bit to know this is healthy this is productive to
0: give you a short answer is probably when you come to work and you see that your team is motivated and you can have a good laugh with them i think that that would be for me where I say, okay, everything seems to be fine. Um, Or also to recognize it is basically on the frustration level, I would say. So, so for me, that's always the first indication. So usually most projects have, um, reach at some point, uh, like where everyone becomes frustrated, right? So you get all these tasks and they stack on each other, or you run into multiple issues and the schedule goes on and the the, the time becomes uh, more tight, like schedule becomes more tight. So kind of um, the stress level in a way increases. And with that also, I would say the frustration level. And in my opinion, how the team deals with this frustration, that's how you can see if the team is still in a good and a healthy shape, I would say. So if the frustration level is so high, um, that it kind of starts to demotivate people or unmotivate people and um, they become not very productive and more efficient, um, then that's definitely a point where as a as a person in charge, you should take care of and you should um, um, have a more active impact or active interaction with the situation. In regards to the pillars, so as you said, um, so the highest priority for me or the, the most important point within a team and to establish a good team is communication. So communication should always be on a very good and high level with with within the team so with, with each of them. So the artist between each other, with the artist to the supervisor, with the supervisor to production, with artists to production. So basically we with all of them to each other. Um, so you always want to be able to express your opinion, like to say what you think, um, um talk about issues try to solve things right so all is kind of dependent on communication and i think most problems maybe even all you can s- solve with good communication so I'm, I'm very strong believing in that so that's why it's for me the highest priority um another important point would be that everyone within a team should know what is expected from from that person right so what are the expect expectations towards me so what what does the company want then as well as responsibility so what are my responsibility responsibilities and and what um do i have to take care of at the same time what i always try is, um, to challenge to chal- challenge sorry to challenge everyone so each each artist in a way so you don't want to give only tasks which become boring over the time so that's very mm, demotivating in a way and frustrating at the same time. So you always want to give tasks or shots or work that basically challenge that individual. So what happens here is so that person maybe doesn't know at the beginning of how to resolve that issue, but it means now, okay, that person learns, that person develops further and therefore um, feels also better because you're kind of achieving new things and you can be more proud of, of, once you actually solved that right or you did it once you finished the shot or you got it approved and you yeah it was something new for you so definitely a challenge um another important point motivation as i mentioned before um so that should always be tried to keep as high as possible and there's probably various um methods but it's very unique to each team Right, so companies can do um, team building exercises. They can have events, parties. Um, but most importantly here, it is that the team itself can work good with each other. So that's why recruitment, for example, is an important part that you want to create people who are good between each other. So they can communicate well. They they build kind of a, a stronger relationship. Right, it's not just um, a colleague and yeah, please do that and then let. That's it. I don't need to talk to you anymore. No, that you don't want to grade that. Having said that, as as well, you want to have this free open spirit. You want this freedom, this openness within your team. You want to be able to express your opinion. You want to be able to talk about your ideas. And you also want to be taken serious when you do that, right? It's not it should not be just, ah, you're just a junior. I don't care what you actually say. That's wrong. So everyone should have the same kind of voice. Um Especially when it goes to ideas, Um, you want to, in addition to that, you want to have fun, you want to enjoy your work, um, you kind of want to feel happy in the workplace. And all of that together in combination with motivation, I think that um, creates a very strong basis of how you should create and build a team and keep it um, highly productive in a way.
1: I mean, of course, it's, it is still like a little bit of an abstract construct. So that's why what I want to do in the in the next uh, minutes to kind of break it down a little bit, to give it a little bit of a context, because it uh, always sounds really good, but uh, like happiness and communication and stuff like that, it's like, like every relationship. Basically, you want this, this pillows, but uh, too much, there is something as too much communication. There is something as too much uh, being open, you know, sometimes you just should shut up and don't express the negative feelings that you have because it's your feelings. It has nothing to do with anyone. It's your problem. Sometimes you have to process them before uh, you should communicate them. You know, there's a lot of like details involved, but that was, that's something um, I'm curious about. So let's, let's imagine we have the, the, the perfect situation in this kind of building a team um, thing where we start at zero so we have this we we have a new project we're doing an animation film or visual effects film let's keep it like i would say lighting if i think we both are because you're a lighting supervisor i am a lighting td that's that that matches so it is a little bit our our background a little bit easier so let's say we have a project we want um to have i don't know let's say 20 people um and you you have the option of of choosing you are the supervisor and you have the option of choosing so how would you like go through this road just like of recruiting your team basically as
0: my function as a supervisor i was actually part in a lot of in in, uh, a majority of the recruitment process not so much a double negative so in there i think supervisors are actually not so much involved in the recruitment process it's more like other um positions but at Arx animal i was let's say lucky enough to really be there and to to be able to communicate with the individuals like with the artists beforehand um, and to find like the strengths and the weaknesses in a way, and to to see if the person would be a perfect fit for our team. Um, so in the recruitment process, is it's actually not so 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 easy as you people might think. So often you say, okay, you just go in the recruitment process. You ask like you go in the interview. You ask your questions which you have written down, and based on the answers, you you choose right. I mean. Ultimately, yeah, that's correct. But for me, it was important um, to know the person because often enough to, to define like skill-wise, that's one of the important parts, right? You need a person who, who, is, who can do the task, so, so you judge the skill. Um, for that, you usually have the, the showreel itself. So you don't necessarily need the interview if you just consider the showreel. Um, and if you have the nice breakdown, you also know exactly what the artist actually did in each shot, for example. So that already gives you a very good understanding of, of the skill set of the artist. And you have usually the CV, which tells you, okay, what software do you use? what, How sufficient are you in the software? What is your past experience? So from skill point, you kind of already get a lot of things defined with the material everyone sends you. And for me, the important point is more is the artist, does the artist fit into the team? Like from, from a person, personality wise, how does the artist can handle um, pressure if you gain the situations or if there is a problem like, um, or a challenge comes up, right? Your shot is absolutely not doing what you want to do. How do you deal with the situation? So, and that is for me the more the point which I try to figure out during the recruitment process. So I try to ask questions which are more personal. So you cannot necessarily think about them ahead. So it's, it's, for example, I give you an example of what I like to ask, especially in regards to lighting, is that the artist please tell me a shot or a sequence of any movie you like and why you think the lighting in this movie is good. That would be a question I would like to ask because this is um, something which takes the person a bit out. So you're kind of not prepared for it beforehand usually. And you start have to think about, okay, why, so what do you really like and why do you like it? Because usually um, you watch movies, but often enough you don't really think about them. You like it or you don't like it. But taking out a specific sequence or a shot, it makes you think more now. And that's often then in the interview a surprise because you, you kind of catch a person off guard in a way, which I don't do because I want to be evil. I just want to see how the person reacts to it, right? Uh, ultimately, it's more the reaction to to this question rather than what the answer really is. And that's then giving me more an insight of the personality. So, And and based on that, you want to see, okay, with the people you already have in your team, can you work with this person? How does it handle situation it was not prepared for?
1: It also shows, I think, uh, like a little bit of the passion behind that because some people can like do things mechanically, you know, like yes. modeling or lighting. They, they learn the the free point lights, and they can do a decent lighting. If you do it for for like some days, you basically get the gist done, and you, it will work after a while. It's not that you're that that not everyone can produce a decent lighting with this technology nowadays. But I feel like this the, the, I really like about this question is actually be do people pay attention. During, yes. during their normal normal things you know like during like i was i was actually thinking i was trying to answer this question and and for some reasons i don't know why i uh, like blade runner uh or something I like would, that came yes. into my mind yes um because i, I it was i love this kind of god race and it's very dark and very bright situations kind of and uh this kind of light going through That is it is actually very interesting that you said blade
0: runner Because I would say like 30 to 40% of of applicants actually say Blade Runner. (laughs) Yes. And what I experienced is that people often or artists often use recent movies or very, very defined ones. For example, as you said, Blade Runner, it's very rare that you get an answer, which is like a, a not so blockbuster like movie. which is not that strong defined based on lighting because Blade Runner has a very defined lighting. So it's a very defined style and it's very dominant. So it's easy to remember or recent movies also very easy to remember. For example, when Soul came out, um, a lot of applicants say Soul. Of course, lighting wise, it's a masterpiece. So obviously it will be used, but then specifying a sequence becomes then more into the detail. And you also want, you can kind of see the analytical um Skill of a person. So how do you, how do you look at an image? How do you see like more the artistic skill? Because in the show reels, you rarely see the artistic skill in it, because you're kind of following whatever the supervisor um, told you to. So if you if he says make the rim light stronger, you make the rim light stronger, but in the end, you don't really see in a showreel reel the artistic skill of a of a person necessarily. This then gives me more as sort a of feeling of okay, how does the person look at at the image? Um, do you think about it? Do you analyze it? And and even if if the answer is, I mean the answer cannot be wrong at all in this case. It's it's really more like it makes the person think. So even if the, if the artist then does not get the job, what I hope out of that of questions like this um, is that the artist starts then afterwards thinking about oh actually. Maybe I should do that. Or maybe that would actually help me further in my career. So that's what I like in doing in in recruitment. So being part of there and then really getting into discussions with people. So I'm not so much a fan of having the strict answers, like the strict questions answered. It's more like, okay, let's create a a dialogue and and let's talk through it and see
1: how we can work with each other. On one side, you try to get the soft skills. Uh, done just so you understand is like is that is that a pleasant person to talk to is it a pleasant person to because I mean you cannot work with them in an interview that's impossible but exactly. you're, it's basically does kind of like has it he a positive vibe you feel like <laughs> it's it is is it positive to talk with him it's not like you know like very tense and very kind of like uh, you have to de- like extract the information literally with each question <laughs> and stuff like that and the other side is you instead of going onto the skill because that's something. I, I tell um, I tell my clients and people like because uh, like when I'm doing like interview coaching something is like no one cares about your skills in the interview. It's if you don't do like a test for a very specific thing. Sometimes you do like for programming. You sometimes do a programming or a technical test. But ninety percent, especially on in this industry, no one cares about your skill. It's already done. It's already showreel. Yes. It's already uh, checked with, with in the in the in the interview. It's about this and what I like. The second part is is the real education behind that skill. Yeah. It's this, like, you know that is a three-point light. You know why why something works or it doesn't work. Or yes. uh, you, you you know you're doing kind of a meta-testing skill thing, not like uh, show them a picture and they have to define what kind of light situation or something with some uh, lexica words or something. You're more, okay, do you think about that and process that? And there's a thought behind what you do instead of just like a technical thing which basically can everyone learn in watching like five weeks of YouTube videos and then everyone can do like a decent lighting to be honest.
0: Yes, I totally agree. Um, It's more as you mentioned maybe it's called soft maybe you want to call it soft skill but it's really to get the understanding of how the artist um, um, works or sees um, his work or an image. Um, But besides that it's also a huge difference uh, when you talk with applicants on what skill level they are based on the experience. Right. So usually when you have more experienced applicants, then the interview is very straightforward because, um, they're very, they're not nervous at all. Um, they're, they're very relaxed usually in the interview. And then it's kind of, they have nothing to lose in a way. It's like, okay, I don't get this one. It's fine. I have 10 other interviews. Um, in the end they, they kind of choose where they want to go. So it's kind of a different thing. So when you work with more when or work, when you interview more experienced people for me, what I try to feel in those interviews is more the motivation in that person. So do you are you still motivated to be in this industry right? Um, because experienced over the years that you um, meet people which are in the industry for 10, 20, 30 years, and you kind of feel that they're not that motivated or inspired anymore. Um, compared to fresh graduates or junior artists, you f- really feel this motivation, this inspiration. And and that's one of the things which I very much value within a team, to have um, this... Let, I call them bright people. They have a very strong aura in a way. Positivity, this motivation, inspiration, because it kind of reflects on other people. It, it infects them and it makes them kind of it makes them motivated again so if you're kind of there and you sit and then you get a person in there which brings you this this activity this this liveliness into it it kind of infects everyone and has a very positive um, impact for the whole team so ultimately within a team you want kind of this very hyper motivated people in there um, who, who push you further and they they give you kind of a wake-up call if you're already more experienced and it's like yeah I actually look at this person is really happy even though nothing everything looks wrong maybe but this this inspiration this motivation is very very much helping myself as well to keep going push further to be better
1: yeah that also reflects a little bit of my experience uh, the more experience you get the more the the interview becomes more of a coffee uh, sitting, you know, (laughs) like, hey, what's up, you know, and then you're just, you just, uh, sometimes I don't even talk about anything, like literally don't talk about the project. Sometimes it's like, just literally like high five, and then you talk about random stuff. Um, Maybe something you're passionate at the moment, you know, maybe you're building boats or something, and then you start to talk about building boats in the interview, and then you still get hired. And that's, that's a little bit of thing that, that that comes with, I think, with the higher level, because people are more or less it's, again, the soft skills. He's experienced. We know that he's experienced. He worked there and there. He worked on that and that project. Um, is he is pleasant to work with? So if we can have a decent conversation with him, um, then everything is fine. You said on this part, you still want the motivation, which I absolutely understand, because I feel like that's something you struggle with experience. You lose, especially in, in this kind of industries, you lose this motivation because you're, um, you, you achieve everything you wanted to do after a while you do the projects, you do the companies, you do whatever. Uh, and then it's like, what's there next? And then you have to kind of shift your motivation because now you have the credits, you have all the stuff. And it's like another one, another like Star Wars or another or whatever is like, OK, it's this same thing a little bit. Um, so I, it's interesting that you still kind of focus on that. Do you have something where you feel like, because you mentioned you want to have this kind of motivator people do you have like a battery of of specific roles you want to have in your team like you know the one the wise one the comedian basically the a team uh, for the team like like of course not everyone but specific people that that you feel like you need them in the team because you cannot have like all motivated juniors or something like that you know another very
0: good question um here it depends really on the size of the team i would say so as you said if we build um when I supervised, uh, my last two teams, let's say, um, they were very different in size. So you had a bigger one, which was almost 20. Um, and then a smaller one, which contained of seven people, like just specifically to lighting, I mean, um, and it's, it's very different. So the first time, um, I was also very new in creating a team in building a team. And, um, I think I did a lot of things, um, not the right way, so I should have done it in a better way. So I was more successful, in my personal opinion, with the follow-up projects because I could more um, see how can people better work with each other. So so here it depends basically on the team size. So what do you want to have in a team? Like what personalities, as you mentioned, like, do you have different characters? So I think here the best would be if you have a mixture of seniors, mid-level, and juniors. So I think um, even if you have a high quality production or um, you're limited with the budget and you cannot afford a huge team. For example, I find it very important that you have juniors in your team or if you don't have the space for juniors, maybe you open up positions for interns um, and give them a possibility or volunteers to see how it feels because the general feeling what I have to as an individual to have a good feeling within a company or within a team is is the following two attributes is you have people who are ahead of you so they're way more experienced and you kind of can learn from them so that gives you this inspiration so you have a person sitting next to you where you say oh wow this this person is amazing and i can learn a lot by just watching or talking with, with this person with this artist right that gives you the motivation to move on and what is also important that you have people who are not as experienced as yourself who are kind of behind you. So they're still having a longer way to, to reach the level you are, for example. So they are they're looking up to you in a way. So I think you you need both to feel kind of comfortable in your place, because if you have um, you have on one side the people which you are looking up to, which gives you this, this inspiration and motivation or this this possibility to learn. And then you have, on the other hand, the people who are looking up to you which means you kind of are the person which gets appreciated and you can show others your knowledge, your experience, and you can teach them. And that usually gives also people a, a, a fulfilling emotion, fulfilling feeling in a way that, okay, you did something good and you're helping other people. And also this combination kind of connects everyone with better with each other and and because i mentioned interns or juniors why i think they're important in a team is because they're fresh from from the school or university or just they're so motivated in 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 drawing for example maybe they didn't visit the school but their skill level is 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 good that you say oh we give that we give it a try um and usually they bring this motivation into the team because they're so eager to learn they 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 just cannot stop they're the the artists which work for 20 hours and they're still not tired they still want to move on and they will talk about everything and you can really nerd out and geek out with them so you're still in the progress where you say oh yes let's talk about um this shader in a very detail why this highlight should behave this way um so you 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 really feel like more back to school where you where you really go into detail and dig out about about everything where you can because you kind of love what you're doing compared to the seniors which are they know everything or most of the things and they sometimes kind of need these people next to them. Um I think that's that's very important. To keep the team as a
1: whole running so basically you you try to balance like a realistic expectation from like a senior who has like okay i know how this will work because i did it like 20 times already and this high kind of like high motivational let's do 110 percent attitude where you maybe achieve that but only if you have someone who balances out with a realistic plan Um, but on the, that's basically a little bit what you said and b- before is like uh if you get like seniority you lose motivation then but you have like someone like a little bit more green green uh, like blue eyes behind that maybe he pushes you up because you feel this this kind of like oh like i i I want to work on this cool project and and then like, okay, maybe. And it's also something uh, reminds me of what I talked about with Andrew Schlessell. Um, he is uh, for, for education development at Framestore. And we talked about uh, like, not just like the education of the company, like, you know, the company provides education, but also to how important it is that everyone especially on a senior lead and so roles has the opportunity of educate his surroundings you know that because i feel like this is part of a general motivation and also a general basic need uh is to kind of um to because you you lose the need of um impress yourself or the project because you kind of achieved a lot of things in this case now you kind of um need a new need and i feel like the the higher in the seniority you are the more it can be fulfilled with educating like your surround you don't have to become a teacher or like yes. just like a small mentor or a good neighbor basically to your uh, to you the one who is sitting next to you i think this is something uh it's essential basically i think to a team
0: yes i think it's 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 a very good point it's one of those where i think this would be essential in a team but also the more experienced yeah it's not it depends really then on the character and that's where the recruitment process um comes back in does a person fit in because you have people who simply don't want to deal um with inexperienced people just because you can have a sense of okay i'm wasting my time right my time is too
1: precious it can be frustrating sometimes if you if it depends on how how they use their in the in the exactly. project you know are they just pushing forward and then like i know it better i'm i uh, like i'm did it for half a year i know it better than you uh, or is it something where you feel like i don't know they learn very fast and you just progress with them
0: correct and that's that's where you then need to balance it out because as every artist is very different and that's that what makes it so so unique every team is kind of unique you you will never have the same team twice except you literally get the same people on the same project on the next project again, over the time of a project or of a production, you kind of learn more about each each person and you kind of see, okay, the the strengths, weaknesses of each of them. And you want to, to balance it out that everyone feels like comfortable in their role. So if you have, for example, people who are more quiet, they want to be more on, on their own island, um, just, for example, give me, give me the shots you need me to do and, and that's it. I don't want to communicate so much with the rest of the team. That, that can be very well, right? So you, you can have these people and it's perfectly fine. Um, you put them on the island, you, you give them kind of what they need. It's, they're very straightforward to work with. Um, usually very reliable and, um, very good for, for production because they kind of make a schedule a lot <laughs> based on them, but, Here it's important that you also give them this freedom, right? So if you have this person who needs that, who wants this silence, let's say, or this feeling of loneliness in a way, then as a team, you should be able to respect that and also provide this possibility that that this person can have it. And here it comes then also that other, the other people within the team, the other artists within the team, they understand this, um, needs, let's say, and you don't kind of start, um, oh he doesn't want to be part of us that's that's not true it's just you just have different characteristics and you want to find a way that all of them can work with each other and you know okay you know that a person even though a person might be quiet but it's an expert in certain in, I don't know shading organic characters then you have questions you probably can go there anytime you want and the person will be very happy to help you so that's should not give you this feeling oh i cannot talk to this person right and that's what i mean With you need this feeling of freedom and every artist needs this feeling of they can be free and they can to talk to people and they don't need to feel like okay this is maybe not so much my my area or "I'm, i'm too scared i don't dare to ask this person um so it's kind of how you build a team and what what rules in a way you establish um and that goes back also to the recruitment process. So you can have people who are really a-holes. You try to filter them out already in the
1: recruitment, where you say, OK, you definitely don't fit into our team. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone is, is afraid of cursing in the show. I don't know why it's this American <laughs> thing. Well, in, case you, in case,
0: you know, in case small children are watching and they want to, yeah, get into the industry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I want to keep everything also a little bit in, in realistic terms, because we were just uh, talking in a very luxury environment, basically, in, in a, if we can get everyone, if we can build a dream team, basically. But that's not realistic. Most people will not have the benefit of backed up by DNEG or but for Foundry or uh, on the other side, uh, applying for Foundry, applying for DNEG or anything else like that. Um, so is there something, because like, let's, like for example, at Arx, uh was there something... Because it was, it's not a big company. It's also in Vienna, which is a little bit, a little bit isolated compared to the industry and stuff like that. So there's not much going on. Um, was there something where you reached out yourself, or was there something where you kind of uh, actively approached or did something to to get people? With ARCs, I was lucky enough that I actually did not have to
0: find people. So we had a a good HR department or recruitment department who was looking out. Um, Spreading the wings and trying to find people trying to set up um these interview possibilities or um making sure I get all the the applicants um sent the email to what I probably want to interview or which have a huge potential to be to be fitting into our team so here that that was uh, very good work from them, and in the end then one day have this uh, let's say limited number of applicants. So as you said, um, also Vienna is quite um, confined, and we don't get like this huge amount of applications. Um, you still try to find the specific individuals out of this this the bunch, which which you want to create a team out of. But in the end, um, you always take chances. So often, I also have like this gut feeling. Okay, it. I'm not sure about the skill of a, of a person, but I have a good feeling that it that um, he or she fits very good with, with all the others within the team. And as you mentioned before, um, certain skills, like let's say if it's a software you want to learn, or if it's, okay, how do I use render layers or AOVs? That's things you can teach. But then the other, the other soft skills, you kind of not, um, you need the certain, development in there already i would say um where you can say okay that's that's now good
1: it just takes more time like a hard skill like you know yes. you can l- yeah. learn something in in weeks you know but like a soft skill how to approach people how to react to criticism it's it's like a lifelong journey basically
0: it's good that you mentioned also criticism and, and um that point for example what um, i mentioned a bit at the beginning one of the pillars, I think, or one of the most important, is the communication. So while you have your team, um, or the limited choices you have from recruitment, right, and you build a team with 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 that, um, I think no matter how on, let's say not no matter, but it can become very complicated uh, with a lot of people and everyone has their own needs. Um, What then helps here is a very strong communication. So uh, what I always try to do is to communicate with each person individually. So um, to to take my time when they need it to talk to. So often you have people who don't understand certain things or they cannot work with other people within the team, right? So you get difficult times. So um, what happens is that you kind of start getting a friction and what is then the best approach to get out of the friction or to understand it. So often the friction happens of misunderstandings so that people don't understand each other and, or that the supervisor doesn't understand an artist or the artist doesn't understand the supervisor. Um, you don't understand what is needed. What do they want from me? Um, I'm really struggling with, with the work and no one is helping me. Um, you kind of friction doesn't come from nowhere. So it's kind of a build up usually, like a frustration yeah a person can be really frustrated, right? So and here then communication is for me the the way to go so that you really take this person aside. It can be um someone above your hierarchy or below your hierarchy in a way, and you go in a room meeting room, or you go for a drink outside. it does not matter, and you take your time and talk to this person you you don't have to talk around the topic. Just go really straight to the point. So what is the problem? Let's talk about it. If you have a problem with, with me, for example, of how i treating you or what I say to you, then this, is, this can be a topic. Or do you have a problem with another artist? Um, then maybe we should talk also with the other artist. So kind of find a way of communication. I think that almost solves all the, the issues or the frictions or the frustrations you can have. It can also be from a private nature, right? You, you kind of have difficulties in your private life and usually that has an impact also on your professional like on your working life. Here's also important for example for me to to understand that the person. So what how can I help you in a way? I don't need to know your your private problems. You don't need to tell me what what is going on in your private life. Really I don't ask for that but what am I possible or how am I possible to help you? Is it that you need some time off? Or is it um, that you just cannot focus at work because your mind is always somewhere else? Let's say, um, yeah, you watched a series on Netflix and you really want to know what happens next and you're constantly thinking about the series. So it can be really something simple, but it kind of takes you out of the focus, right? And then you need to focus on your shot, but your mind is completely somewhere else. So so how can you help with that? And, then once I know these things, I can. we can kind of, kind of come up with solutions. I can say, well, take an hour off, take two hours off, watch watch the episode you need to watch, and then come back, you know? <laughs> what I also very much like in this industry, you're kind of flexible with time. I mean, not, not dramatically flexible, but you can you can shift a bit quite good in a way because we are often, especially in lighting, for example, we are shot-based working. So let's talk with production. Let's see if we can schedule this shot to next week and shift it a bit around, maybe another artist can help us out. But for me, it's important that artists can be focused on their work. And if you have frictions or communication issues or private issues, then what is the pos- best possible way how to help that artist out in this specific situation? So what can you offer as a company or as a supervisor to yeah, get that person back in a way? You know, and that's the way where you you where communication basically is the way to go. In from my point of opinion,
1: I think it's a good segue to to the next part because I feel like before you you go into this whole communication, I think always the the starting point when you when the team first starts, I think creates a lot of what comes next basically. So if the start is bad, if if uh, I had a situation where I started and I, I didn't have an introduction multiple times, um, and I hadn't I didn't had an introduction, I was just like thrown into the deep end and people were expecting from me to perform. And it's this kind of producer thinking, like nine nine women will produce a baby in one month um, situation where in theory, yes, that's possible. I, I, I know how to do lighting. I know how to do programming. I don't know whatever the task is, but the problem is a lot of times all this around that like you know how is the pipeline structured what is exactly the project how is the hierarchy even how is the communication a lot of times it's not as simple as you think oh he's the supervisor but actually the lead is the one who calls the shots on all these decisions and all this kind of jazz so I feel like um, one of the most important parts to kind of create this atmosphere of communication and already battle a lot of issues that you that you potentially can invite when you be put people on the edge of i feel i feel like i'm not performing and a lot of times from my point of view it comes from two situations a is you throw people into and they don't get enough time in the beginning to feel comfortable not with their skill per se but using their skill in this environment and B is integrating the person in terms of the team, like, you know, giving them time that everyone has the opportunity to at least get a feel for each other. So they know a little bit of how does it, what does it mean if the person does, says it this way or how is a little bit of that? And I feel like if you miss this, this, this two steps too much, the more you pay later with all this miscommunications uh, problems of motivation because people like okay if i i feel always overwhelmed anyways i feel always like i'm not performing and sometimes it's not even the person's fault i mean you know in a way maybe if with extra work you can ba- balance it out but sometimes it's like it's a little bit unfair to ask someone yeah i didn't give you the time but if you work 12 hours for the next three four months then you will catch up and you will do a good job and um, so what would be like the the step for you after you collected your team with also different skills, having your some juniors into that, having some wise gray ones into that? Um, what will be like the first weeks that you feel like uh, if you build a new team that you should do or they should do? Because you mentioned the introduction,
0: right? So um, that you feel like missing out. So you had the experience that you miss out the the this introduction feeling when you join a company that you... Kind of get thrown into into this bunch of random
1: strangers, and now you kind of have to work with them. I mean, it it depends on the company, as you mentioned. Like, uh, for example, at Weta, it's kind of like uh, they expect uh, one year until you're fully kind of arrived and you're on the same level of productivity as everyone else. So I'm pretty sure like DNA or something has probably uh, uh, someone the same scale, maybe like lesser time, but. Um, Like there's a clear line of, we don't expect from you the same level in the beginning and we have mechanism in place so you can get a little bit to catch up. So here is, for
0: example, important, which I mentioned at the beginning is how free and how honest can you be with your team or should you be with your team? So when you have a new person starting or also you have a a team already there. um, For me, it's important that the person knows what is expected. So I think as an artist or as a leader, as a supervisor, you need to know what is the expectation from the company on you. So what what is required? What are your responsibilities in a way? So I experienced a lot that it, this is can be very unclear or vague. So you're not sure. Um, OK, I just have now in my in my um, task list, all these random shots, um, but. But it's kind of vague. so when do I need to what do I need to? how do I need to with whom should I talk um that at the big be- especially when you join new into a team or in a project, right you usually have like these millions of questions which kind of you're not sure who to ask or who to talk to, and you kind of don't get that, but everyone has already these expectations that you know what's going on and um in here it's more than this openness that to from the beginning onwards, you kind of clear these things up so. Even before a person joins the company, you want to try for example in interviews to make the artist understand what is expected from from that person. So it's not only the choice from my side if I want to hire a person, it should also be the choice of the artist if I want to be in this company or if I want to do this job by already knowing what I will be doing and what are the expectations about me. So what does the company want from me? and and during a production, um, that can change, of course, because productions are very uh, evolving into different areas or directions over, over the time. And it's often necessary that artists also adjust to that, but it should always be clear of what is needed from each of them. And to help in that, as you mentioned before, I think this introduction period or how we call it a ramp up time, is mandatory. So it's really important that if you get a person on the team or into production, that you give that person a ramp up time. So even even you know, for example, you already get some someone experienced, you know, I know this person can do the task. I know the person knows Houdini or Maya or Nuke and, and just give them the shot and do that. Um, that's the situation which I usually don't want to do. I don't want to be in a situation where I have to throw in an artist and Tell that person that's your shots. Please try to finish them until next week. So that would be the for me the worst case scenario. Unfortunately, it can happen or happens more often than you you want to. But if you have a person joining a new team, give them the time. Give them a task where you where they can understand what is the workflow. How does the pipeline work? Um, give them tasks where they are forced to talk with other people, right? So you kind of start to connecting with others within your team. Let other people know, okay, we have, for example, a team. What I like to do is before someone new joins into team, um, I usually try ahead of time, like a few days before, let the team know we're getting someone new into the team and also tell them about the experience level or the skill level. So people understand. Okay, there can be a person coming in who has a lot of questions, and that's completely fine. Or there can be a person coming in who actually knows what's going on and can help us on topics where we maybe struggle currently. Right. So so the team understands the function of this new new person
1: coming in, um, the purpose in your way. It's like guys, we we get a new artist. No overtime from tomorrow yeah that would be yeah basically but but yeah, that's actually I remember that to be honest. I remember we we had this this uh, at least weekly uh, and daily meetups, and then every time someone come like next week or something, uh, depends on how important his role war- was. I remember that that uh, that you and the other supervisor were always mentioning kind of like, oh, we get this to solve a little bit of this problem kind of you know like we get a new td or we get a new to help us with that and that and that specific thing to to ease the burden or to solve a specific issue uh, and that's, that's something i really really liked because it always you always felt like um you know there's progress kind of going on also around you
0: i think as an artist you need to know you need to see kind of the end right you need to see okay this is the shot i have to do this that's. that's or this is the task I have to do, like for TDS, usually it's it's not shot based, it's often task based um, that you kind of see, okay, this is my reward in a way you want to, to get the feeling for, for example, artists. So when I was an artist, I often felt like if I get my shot approved, that's my reward, that makes me feel happy. So I finally, after 100 million retakes, I finally get it approved. Um, And that's a very good feeling you you get like over the time. And these also need um, where it's more task based. You kind of need the same emotion in a way. You need to feel like you are achieving something. You're going further. You're not going two steps back. You're always making step further, step further, step further to within the team to finish the production, to finish this task, to finish the movie, um, the advertisement, whatever it is. Right. So you want to get a feeling of, okay, we're getting closer to the end and we're doing a good job. So it's important that you have this feeling that what you're doing is actually fine. Often you don't know, is what I'm doing, is it is it good or is it bad? Can I Should I do it differently? And that's where then communication comes in place. So um, you rather want to turn as a supervisor, for example. You rather want to talk earlier to a member of your team if something does not work out or if you say, Hey, dude, you, you, uh, I can feel your frustration. It has kind of an impact on other people. Maybe let's talk about it first. Or I can see um, your work is starting to, um, to lose kind of this, this love to, to the detail or it's kind of starting to weaken. Um, so let's talk about it. You know, you, you kind of pointed out.
1: Welcome to our short mid-episode Coffee Break. If you love the content and would like to have a successful career in the film or games industry yourself, check out my website, 21artistshow.com. There you can find helpful articles, masterclasses, and coaching opportunities that help dozens of my students to bring their profession to the next level. That's all. Check out 21artistshow.com and share the podcast with cool people you know. Let's continue with the episode. Because the problem is with this is always you can talk too early and too late it's this this thing because if you talk too early you make a fuss out of something else nothing and if too late it's it's maybe of course it kind of becomes this rooted inside kind of problem um how do you like nowadays define it like okay i need to talk now there's like no option anymore usually for
0: me the rule is as soon as it starts impacting others then i have to talk with this person so as as soon as other um uh People or other or other parts of the department of production get somehow involved or having to deal with consequences based on that or having an impact. Then, before that happens, you should act. So you should kind of find a way. Okay, now is the time I have to talk because now it starts involving others. And then once others get involved, that it. It can become more complex and complicated to actually then find solutions afterwards.
1: I think that's always the. I think one of the hardest parts. Um, also nowadays, uh, we talked about that before. Is like the expectation nowadays are so high from yourself, from your environment, from your work, because you're bombarded with with high end production nowadays. You consume more than ever before. It all looks like Marvel quality, so you expect a little bit Marvel quality from yourself. Um, you on, on the flip side, you have this expectation from life life has to be happy and fulfilling and everything is, is great and no one ever kind of tells you something negative la 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 la. So I feel like this this thing of like hypersensitivity in terms of work and personality is is something I feel is one of the biggest threats to um the working together, the team itself. Um, it's not actually the work and it's not actually some real problems it's all i feel like it comes more from my experience um from the person itself you know the inner the inner expectation meets reality problem basically and like how would because that if that's that's something an issue of that how, do you do you address that actually that is a very important part in my opinion for any
0: lead or supervisor um to to have a good impact on the team at least i hope so um is ex- exactly this individuality of every person. So as you said, some people are very sensitive of how they take feedback, for example, how they take criticism. Others are more brute force, as they say, just, just give me, give me it. Come on. Tell me what is wrong. And I do it. If it, if, yeah, exactly. If it's crap, tell me if it's crap. So that then, um, I need to know what's going on. So in the end, the important point here is that the artist needs to understand what is the problem, right? so that that is the ultimate result you want to have. The person needs to know
1: what is wrong, so that that is the goal you want you you need or you have so is that also like the standard for you where you say, um because there is something like professionalism and stuff like that, you know to a certain degree everyone has to to understand criticism. you cannot just be yes. like uh eggshells and stuff like that so this is the the there is the main point for you is like the criticism has to be understood at the end. If someone like blocks on that face, that's exactly. like so, so for you.
0: It's basically what, what you do. Like You have usually a director, an art director, supervisor, and they kind of then make a decision of if a shot looks good or if something looks right, right? So the artist has their own opinion of what looks good and bad, or the supervisor has their own opinion of what looks good and bad. Ultimately, um, you have to follow what the client, in this case, wants because he's kind of paying your So um you want to achieve that result so if you have an artist who makes a nice image and the person thinks oh that's that's great and it can be great so i had a lot of of i saw a lot of works from from my team like from from individuals who made amazing images like they look beautiful in in lighting for example but unfortunately we could not use it because it's just not working within the movie or it's something the art director doesn't want so in this case how do you bring over the critics right because obviously the image looks better but it's not right so and then you deal with the with the fact that everyone takes critics differently so and here for me it's important where you say uh, that contrary to what many people say like everyone should be treated the same way um i actually don't think so i think um it is better to treat everyone individually. And I'm not meaning of, of the, the basic rights a person has. You always want to treat everyone with respect. You always want to listen to everyone. But in a way, how you communicate with each person, that then becomes very, very, very unique, I would say. So you adjust or you should, in my opinion, you should adjust to this situation. So if someone is sensitive to critics but you still need the person to understand what is wrong. Then you, you comes it goes back to communication. You talk to this person and explain why it's wrong. So what, what I saw, what I see often is that you just get told what to change, but you're not getting told why you have to change it. Usually if you start explaining people why this should be different, the understanding of that, makes it fine, then okay, I fully understand, I agree, this is why I have to change it. And it also helps you to actually give the, the artist the perspective of what needs to be done, which means ultimately you, you reduce the amount of retakes which you have, because now the understanding is there, what is actually needed. And that's that's then individually. So I had I had very different artists. So for some people I actually, you you kind of want to be uh, more the harsh person, like, having it said like maybe wrong. So you want to be very straightforward and really straight to the point and say, that's really not good. That's that's absolute crap. Please do it again. Um, and that works. And then you have the people who say, you really go into detail and explain them. So I sit next to them and you really have to take your time. So that's the important part. You have to take the time and talk to this person and explain it. So If you go to the computer of that person or if you, if the, you invite that person to the review room and, and go through it point by point and explain it, Um, I think that's the way to go. Ultimately, you want to do it with everyone, but usually you don't have the time. And here comes then the point where in a good team, you kind of don't need that time in a way. Not that, that strict. So you have the whole team working together finding the solutions or finding or being able to help each other out. So if if you say, okay, I did not understand what the supervisor actually wants from me. And you can ask the neighbor next to you and that person is, oh, that's that's easy. That's fine. I completely understand what he wants because I had the same issues. Or I had the same problems. And in a way it, it helps. So you here it's again, you need this team spirit, the whole team working together on the project and not the feeling of, oh God, I need to create my shot quota every week or every month. I need to create my 10 shots in a month so I can finish it. It's that's for me not the right way to go. I know productions work this way because you have to schedule it. But in the end, what matters is the whole team creates the numbers and not just each person. It's actually a very complicated topic as what do you do? You have an artist, for example, who does 30 shots in a month. And then you have another artist on a similar skill level who does five shots a month. How can you now justify to production? to not swap out this one artist who only does five, because if we swap him out and we get someone who can also do 30 shots, we would be better off, right? Um, I actually don't agree, because if you have a team which works really good well together, every person within the team has a certain role, as you mentioned earlier on. What, what can the role be? So what is the reason why an artist has not or did not reach the quarter, right? There can be a reason. Is it maybe that person was looking into issues, into problems, into certain TD works, something is not working? So if that happens, then this time spent of this person looking into these issues is a benefit for everyone else within the team, because now you have a person who figured out what the issue was. But based on that, the person obviously could not make the shot numbers. On the other hand, you have someone who exceeds the shot numbers, and compensate for the loss of this one person. And that's then important for me. How close can you work with your team? How good connected are you with them? How good connected are they with each other? And to understand if someone is really exploiting the team or are they really all working together and trying to finish together. So that's then for me the important part. That's why I really try as much as I can, as much as time allows me to communicate or to have individual talks with, with the artist as much as possible.
1: I think it also comes back to the book uh, from Adam Grant, Give and Take, which talks about like being a giver and give, being like a taker which is like, kind of like, do you just take from others and just try to get your edge and your benefits? Or do you try to like give away like, all your time, your advice, you know, not because of your ego, but because pe- people ask you like, Hey, can, uh, I don't know, can you give it? And it ends up uh, like statistically, um, most givers start with the, with the worst. So they, in the beginning, for example, if you look at uh, medical students, uh, they, they have the, the lowest grades, the givers, They have the lowest grades while like the the takers, uh, have the like much better grades. Like, but when they graduate, it flips just because they, they need longer time to kind of establish themselves. They lose time. They also need a little bit of time probably to balance out how much they give and how much they like stay like, you know, because you can give too much, you know, you can just be like, you know, running around trying to help everyone's uh, solving his problems and then basically have no time and then end up with five. Five shots uh instead of 13 as your colleague basically but there is this aspect of um that it it is an investment a little bit of you know also like in terms of the team that if you have some of this kind of giver mentality still on a healthy side not like uh like you know basically destroying themselves just to please other people and help them but um it's a it's a kind of investment and if you as you as someone who looks a little bit and talks with the people, I think you can get a feeling of how much is this person just like, like lazy, unmotivated or whatever, just slow. Or how much is he actually basically just uh, like taking out, out fires in the background that like basically no one, no one sees because it's not his specific job, but if he wouldn't do it, maybe no one would or at least maybe it wouldn't be 30 shots but would be 20 for the whole team you know so i understand your your approach to individualism and it's kind of also um, something that everyone wants in 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 a sense you know everyone wants to take to be individual and stuff like that but in the end of the day it's still a production you get paid uh it's not like your it's not like your your fun time everything you know so um i feel like Where's the line that you draw where you say, um, I have a schedule. You know, I cannot spend half an hour with with uh, the twenty or t- like ten artists who need an explanation all the time. Or who need to circle multiple times till they really do what I want. Like, where do you draw the line where you say that's over individualism and it starts to be kind of like personal problems and personal stuff that they bring into that and they lose professionalism? I think it's difficult to
0: say this is too far, right? So it definitely can happen. So the worst case, um, what you can have that you actually have to let people go. So that, that would be, in my opinion, the worst case that you're forced to make the decision. Unfortunately, you cannot work with us anymore. So that, I had to do it a few times, but it's really the 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 area which I don't like because as I mentioned before, um, when people start getting into a situation where they become kind of unprofessional, um, it would be good to know why. So what is the reason behind it? Um, and is there a possibility to change it? if not then usually what also helps you kind of find an a mutual agreement where both of you say okay maybe it's better that um you stop for now and take a break and um you take a break of of this job of this task of this company and and let's see later on again if we if you want to rehire you um it's again back to communication um for now i was lucky enough i never had kind of this People in my team where you say, okay, I absolutely cannot talk with that person. Um, but as you mentioned, this individualism that you invest in people, that you spend your time with them, goes to a certain limit. As you said, it's a business, it's a production. We are on a schedule, we're on the clock, We
1: we like money flows, like time is not infinite. Is there like things where you say like, okay, I don't want to to address individualism anymore because it becomes just like your own laziness, your own taker mentality? I think the the word laziness maybe is
0: very, very good in this case. So usually when, for me, it reaches the limit usually for me when I get the feeling that the person does not want to improve or does not want to learn or does not want to understand. It's just, just... Give me that and that's it. I don't I only need to. So the rest I don't care. So if you get this feeling of a person does not care anymore, then you you kind of run into dangerous waters. So you, you go into dangerous waters in a way of, okay, we can the longer this drags out, it can become an issue. Not just for this one person, it became it can kind of have an impact on the team. Because maybe you don't care about your own work, but you should care about what impact it has for everyone else, right? So because you don't want to do a task or you, it's different if you cannot do a task or if you don't want to do a task, then um, again, what is the reasons? So why do you don't want to do these tasks? There can be very valid explanations for it or they can be just, okay, because I'm not in the mood, I don't want to do it because I know it's annoying, it's frustrating, leave me alone. Can happen, right? Um, and it can happen to anyone. So I often have tasks where it's like, Oh no, why again? So, um, and here it can reach a limit. So how far do you want to drag it out? So, as I mentioned, if I get this feeling, that person kind of gave up, it doesn't want to, to continue. It doesn't want to put their energy into this project or their, their, um, doesn't want to be professional in a way as well. Or doesn't want to find an agreement so you can have also the same issue where you you feel like okay we can talk whatever we want to but we will not find a mutual agreement where we say okay this is how we can move forward then for me that is the limit then i say okay please go back and do that if you cannot do that let's talk again if i know you can do that and you just don't want to do it it's a different topic then um in the worst case you start talking with production you find you maybe try to find workarounds. Okay, let's see if someone else can take over or is, uh, uh, wants to take it over or not. But sometimes you have these tasks where kind of, you know, no one wants to do it or it's really just annoying because it's kind of a, yeah, a time-consuming task which everyone knows how to do it, but it has to be done or shots which are not really interesting so you don't want to do them. So here it's it's kind of, Okay, are you work are you working just for yourself? Are you working with the team? Are you working as as a team? And as soon as I get this feeling that um you don't want to be a team player anymore, then there, there it becomes more complicated from, from my side.
1: Yeah, it's actually something I experience uh, very rarely, but it happens at least once where I I absolutely felt uh it's like as a TD where I talk with an artist and he literally was ignoring what I was saying. Like like uh I, I absolutely was kind of like this is not how I did it before kind of uh, situation or, or um, why do I have to do this? You know, how why do I have to create a specific render layer or something like that. It's like, but it happens and um, it's, it's super strange. And for me, this is definitely a limit. Uh, basically, like you said, like a little bit of a mixture of laziness and giving up, like a, a little bit of a, um, you like, basically um, the artist only does how he did before. This is a problem with, with more experienced artists, especially, um, who are like, this is not how I did. And then you talk with them, and maybe you're not as senior as they're, like, in terms of experience, and they're, like, ignoring you a little bit because they're like, this is not how I do it. I do it my way a little bit. Maybe they say it clearly, maybe not. Maybe just, you see it in the next shot. It's still not done, uh, basically. Um, and I think this is definitely a limit where I feel like... Um, you can talk about that. You can remind that once, twice. But then there's a time where I feel like it doesn't like it doesn't help you. It doesn't help the person. It doesn't help the project. Because it, what happens, as you mentioned, uh, you suddenly have a broken shot. You suddenly have maybe missing IOVs or render layers or something like that. And then someone has to fix that. And suddenly, uh, or the, the person itself has to fix that because he has this feedback of technical uh, shot is technically not approved. And then he spends double the time... Uh, to create the same thing, basically as someone who would do it in the beginning, when I was an artist um, and I worked on shots,
0: I always considered it this is my shot i I get you get I think most artists have it, um, especially when you start and you're not like this industry veteran where like a shot is just yeah next, next, next. Um, I think at the beginning, you put a lot of your heart into each shot. And that's why it's then so painful once the director decides to cut your shot out because it's not needed in the final edit um or that you have to that a shot gets reassigned to another artist, for example, because schedule wise you you cannot fit it in um so so here I think it's good if the artist has this connection to the work um because that's how you kind of get the most out of it. The artist wants the shot to be good it wants to be beautiful it wants to put the best the best uh, into it what the person can do like look, this is what I did it Kind of it's you're proud of your work. you want to be proud of your work. you want to show your work to others to your family to your friends to 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 others right you
1: want this proudness of your own work and 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 uh, it makes you feel good. And you create like a piece of something big no so absolutely no no my point was more in the direction of uh like technical and the, like you as an artist are, are not de- defining how the pipeline works or how the the look of the movie will be you yes you, you create your yes. piece and your piece is part of the of the big one and you should feel like part of this big project that's cool but uh, it is not your decision about like art direction or um kind of like department uh, works and that was actually the like you're not paying for the movie you're not organizing the movie keep your your like attention and your feedback to the parts that that you are expert in and that you are part of and that's also how you see it you will not like look at the movie and and like you you will say like oh the modeling is shit but the lighting is great you know because yeah. then you will feel like proud about your stuff but like you know you know like this is not my this is not my issue or the compositing was not good you say you're like you know you're proud about your stuff i mean you're proud of the whole project but you're mostly proud if something is bad you're you're li- literally will, will say oh, like the the things I, I was working on were cool like my team worked on cool but if some other department like fucked it up, you will differentiate that for sure. I'm pretty sure about it I, I, because I, I know that I do that, too. If, if like if someone else's work was like subpar, uh, you will say like, oh, I I love how we, what we did in the lighting. Sadly, I don't know. The compositing could have of, been a little bit better. The course. color grading could be better. So that's a little bit the difference. In In this situation, I was talking specifically about like render layers and stuff like that, which in some cases, uh, the artist has no like it is more of a structural thing. In this case, probably I agree it's, it's- Um, Maybe in
0: terms of workflow or pipeline, artists have actually a good impact in it or should have um, because you want to build the structure, the the workflow and the pipeline based on the needs of your artists, of your team. So they can be more efficient. Ultimately, you want to make them efficient so you get your product. So if they say, well, this tool we got is not really working for us or it's very user unfriendly. I mean, it's very difficult to, to deal with it or very annoying then this is feedback you actually want to get. So you can have a TD or a pipeline TD um uh, sit on the task and say, hey, can we can we make something? Can we make it better for the team? Can we make it better for the artists?
1: Which also stops at the moment when it this specific moment which I described was kind of the the diva who was coming from I I, I do it this way. It stops in individualism. That's something you 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 don't yes. want to address too much because it it it's uh, yes. as, as we talked, like with Sabina Hella, she was talking about rigging, and she's like, um, "You can do everything, and artist can not ask me everything." And I, as a rigger, for example, I can deliver everything. But at the end, it's a, still a project, and you have you cannot deliver individual needs and individual like apps that only one person needs or uh, something like that. So, and that was actually the the whole whole point is like, um, yes, everything that you said. Um it stops at individualism and it stops when yeah. you when you reach out too far out of your department yes. and you you create a disconnect because um you're too lazy that was the issue you're you're lazy you're you're comfortable in your uh, old workflows and this is the whole the whole discussion so if that's the point then that's when I'm. I'm saying, like you're, you're, you, you are part of this. You get paid for being here. Yes, uh, yes, I understand. First, yeah. first and foremost, do your job. That's uh, That's uh, That's why it sounded a little bit harsh, but uh, in the context of the of the whole uh, kind of example that I gave, yeah, it makes was sense. Was exactly that, but yeah. it, it's absolutely true. As a as a TD, my job is is satisfy the lighting uh, lighting lighter in this case um like so lighting td because like i don't have a job if he doesn't ha- make his job uh, correct you know like my job is 100 percent make him happy of course in a way i want myself happy i want to have a challenge i want to have cool things and i want to create things where i feel like people are appreciated of it and it helps I, like literally i can see it but my main job is at the end of the day is like he works on the light and my job is to help him uh, make the best of it so he fails comfortable he spends most time on creating shot and who are pretty and like you know create a final thing anything else is not my job everything else is is ego and whatever people sometimes have uh, but like a td for example role is absolutely supporting role to uh, to a specific degree until maybe you do sample your own lighting or something like that
0: yeah and here it comes also to down to the to the hierarchy in a way that why you have actually leads in a team or supervisors who kind of try to accumulate all the information of what each individual artist would like to have in a tool or in a software. And then you kind of filter out what is really needed or what has the most impact for everyone. So that you not only address the issues of one person rather than does it have a benefit for everyone else as well. So here's also the individualism kind of stops. The other thing you mentioned about fun, which I actually regret to have not mentioned at the beginning, um I think fun is also a very, very important um, point to have within a good team when you build a team, you need to um, develop this feeling of not or not even develop let's say you need to have this kind of openness and freedom to have the fun to have the humor to 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 choke around so don't take everything so serious um so that's that's also very important. You always want to have your work done with a laugh not crying, being frustrated in a dark
1: corner in the room. Initiate f- fun, if you can say it, or or create the atmosphere and the environment to have this. How much is that your responsibility?
0: If you have a very good team, well-oiled team, which can work very well together, usually they have this self-dynamic um, where on their own, they have a very good team spirit. They have fun with each other, they joke around, um, they go out, they, they go party. They they kind of more like friends with each other rather than just colleagues. I would say as a supervisor, you don't need to interfere too much. It's more than the the point of okay, you don't want to somehow interfere that you
1: take it out the fun. You don't want to take out the fun. As long as so, so you're basically the, the more you 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 have to limit yourself then act actively like you you, I you shouldn't not... be the stopper you, you shouldn't be the stopper of fun because of your I don't know your expectation for the team or coming like, you know, like a bulldozer into the whole thing. Like Mm -hmm. I expect that and you create already this environment. So you basically see it from a different way around. It's not your actively things, but you are more on the, you should not sabotage the the possibility that the group dynamic creates something like that. You should definitely not sabotage it. Um, You
0: should interfere when you see it becomes um, unproductive so that the efficiency um, suffers On that, because of okay, they're not taking their job serious anymore. That then becomes a problem where you actually actively have to interfere. Um, But what I mean is that you um, not try to lower it. Um, If someone makes I don't know half an hour longer lunch break because they have a very good talk uh, about a fun topic, about a movie, or about something, then okay, let them talk half an hour, hour longer. Right? Usually, artists are very responsible people, in my opinion. And if they take half an hour longer for lunch, they often stay anyway longer in the evening to, to finish their work or do their work. Right. But when I think you should try actively to inspire the team, like to be more free, um, to feel more comfortable um, is when you really get the opposite feeling, right? The team does not actually have fun. They don't want to be here. They feel uncomfortable in in sitting there and doing the tasks. So here is a, as a lead or as a supervisor, I think you are responsible for actively having to, like trying to change that. You want to create this this feeling in your team that everything everyone can be free, everyone. If I want to make a joke, okay, make a joke. If if I have to be afraid of, okay, what? Okay, I cannot say this because he will hate me. Um, you know, you you kind of want to create this atmosphere of of, of openness in a way of friendshipness, right? I think the perfect place is where, uh, supervisors, leads, producers, the, the artists, basically the whole team can be very open and honest with each other. I think that that automatically creates this feeling of, okay, we actually have fun at work. We can be, we can make jokes. We can laugh. Um, no one gets annoyed by, by that in a way. Um, yeah. So that's for me also a very important point to have fun at work. Very important. You spend most of your time
1: at the working place and you rather want to laugh than to cry. We circle back to the original question of the feedback. I think that's a perfect uh, segue to that because uh, that's the point where you said you don't want to sabotage fun, but you start to sabotage fun or potentially if you give someone feedback. That's uh, especially like... uh, like professional feedback. We're not talking yes. about the second one about like your personal feedback about like what's going on with you and whatever, but like let's say a lighting feedback. Uh, yeah. Everyone has a, has their own like, you know, you are feel a part of it, you feel responsible for your shot, you feel you're capable of doing that, and now you spoil the fun by giving feedback basically or potentially. So, how do you approach that without spoiling the fun and still uh, like getting to the point?
0: Yes, yeah, so um professional feedback okay um so i first explain of how i actually how i did it uh, how and how i ideally would like to do it so what what happened um during the duration as a super, when i was a supervisor is that i have kind of we have this review room um i think most studios have it we kind of darken everything down you have your screens uh color calibrated everything is set up and there where you watch kind of the work from your artists, what whatever the work can be, right? In this case, lighting. So you watch if how the, the lighting works within the shot, you compare it what is what art direction wants, what the director wants, so you can have light briefs. How does the continuity work with the within the sequence with the other surrounding shots? Um, and is the mood like the emotion that the image creates, is that actually working fine? Is that what we want? That's more from the artistical point of view. And then on top of that, you have also the kind of the review from a technical point of view where you see obvious mistakes. Um, I can see a masking error or um, the light is 180 degree um, wrong positioned uh, or uh, the character, part, the character in the backgrounds are missing. So you have kind of this, the obvious mistakes, uh, which are kind of a list of, OK, that's that's just wrong in, within the shot because maybe it's missing from layout. Maybe the animation is the wrong version. It can be it can be anything almost at that point um and the artistic so how do you yeah communicate that with the artists so what i usually do with with the production team that i have my team within the review room and we look at the at the image at the at the shot and then i would comment on what i think should be adjusted or changed or tweaked on that shot level like from a technical as well as from an artistic point of view, or if, if it's error. So technical, not so much. I will I not open shots and look for technical errors, like the AOV is missing or render layer is missing. So that I, I don't do, um, but more from, from the artistic side, okay, the rim light is maybe wrong position or the key light has um, is too, too intense or it's burning out. We're losing um, color information. The background is missing depth. So can we kind of create some additional fill lights, for example? Um, to emphasize certain areas in the background more, um, where, where maybe it's important for the story. So what happens here is I usually make a list with, with, so with the team so the production team is usually behind me and they're writing down with what what I, I try to communicate, and they kind of make bullet points in a way where they write down, OK, please change this, change this, adjust this, adjust that." So it kind of becomes a list of tasks which the artists um, can go through and then adjust. Um, what we figured out in a production where time matters a lot, so very tight schedule, if you create this bullet point feedback, it's actually the most effective ones um, because the artist, what the artist in this case can do, is he literally goes one point after the other, and it only makes that adjustment, but does not need to look at anything else anymore. He really only needs to look like he or sorry, I, I mean he or she, the artist and um, only needs to, to look at the individual point and then adjust that and you submit it again. And usually that works very efficient. Um, it can be that maybe the artist forgot the point or didn't understand certain uh, instructions or bullet points and then you, you have another retake or another iteration. So that works kind of efficient. But if you want to go into more detail, so that would be now the case where I, what I would like to do, but usually don't have the time to is that I then say, okay, let's call the artist into the review room, have him sit um, next to us and we go through this point. So I can actually explain the person of why this is wrong or why this could be different or could be better or why this should be tweaked. So the artist understands the reasoning behind it and also learns more throughout the process. So that would be the, the perfect case for me. But then again, it's very time consuming. And um, that's basically the downside. It's very time, time consuming. And sometimes you don't have that, unfortunately.
1: Basically, your approach is, generally speaking, also like, time-wise also is to break it down to a very technical level, you know, bullet points. I mean, from 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 a programming standpoint, it's always this, 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 this is broken or this, 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 this feature is still missing. And then like someone just looks at the list and just like, uh, kind of like look check look check basically so you, you break it down to be a little bit more of a like scientific approach a little bit more of a to-do list basically approach a, instead of yes. like having like like a long-winded sentence or something like that you try to to break it down to really like uh missing rim on the left side yeah right. color is too yellow and then basically the artist is basically just the executor of the of the list basically or less at the end of the day yes
0: correct so kind of a to-do list to-do list that's the probably the perfect term for it perfect expression um where you really go point by point and you you don't need to think a lot about it so but as i said that's while it's very efficient i don't find this very inspiring neither as an artist nor as a as a supervisor. Yes, it gets the work done, and the artist kind of has also the feeling, okay, I'm, I'm faster getting the shot done. But personally, I would not have this fulfilled feeling behind it that I actually understand, okay, why did I now have to change that?
1: I like the idea, generally speaking, also like the, the way you see it as a, as a like to-do list that you just work. Because at the end of the day, um, the creative work is more or less done because he is on a, on a level that he wants to present it. And yeah. uh, like after like the initial weeks and months, uh, people know what to do and what's expected. So they more or less hit it with a lot of accuracy. Um, and, and there you just say from a supervisor perspective, from a whole film perspective or whatever perspective in this case, just say what's, what is technically, like creatively, technically combined, um, not correct for the whole film or for something that you would expect from the specific level. And I feel I like that because at the end of the day, the creative part is done already because you lighted the scene and you just kind of criticize only the parts that will not match with the next shot or will not match yeah. with the actual mood kind of so kind of, I, yes. I kind of like this this separation and i'm pretty sure as you mentioned if it's a super important shot like money shot for example i'm pretty sure that's more of on the on the side of this should be a personal discussion probably
0: yes you're absolutely right so you have this these key shots these money shots as you just said um which definitely need more time and you want to spend more time on them because often it happens there's um you have a lot of ref like you use them as a reference shot for all other follow-up shots or shots next to each. So you want to spend more time on that one and then um already have the changes or the adjustments already taken care of in the next in the future shots in a way. So that for sure. But as I mentioned before, personally for me it would be more ideal if you can actually always communicate with the artist um next to it. I think it's a more fulfilling Um, approach in a way that um, you can explain why certain changes are needed and the artist understands the background of it. So why do you want to, I don't know, change the key light a bit more to the right? So you get the shadow line, maybe adjusted. Um, So you, you kind of give a definition, an explanation of why you do certain points. Um, so that's important, and where I think it becomes a struggle, so I experience it as well as an artist, is when you get this feedback, where, where it becomes experimental. So in a way of, okay, is this something we are trying, or is this actually a change? Because as an artist, I often got frustrated when you kind of, uh, when it says, yeah, push it a bit more to the right, you push it a bit more to the right. No, push it even more to the right, and then you say, no, actually, it's not working. Let's go back to the left. And then you kind of go back and forth back and forth, and you're kind of slowly trying to get closer and closer. So in this case, it feels like, okay, that that defined direction is missing. Um, maybe the vision is missing or the art director is not sure of what it should be or he has not the right feeling that it actually works. So in this case, you become more experimental. I fully understand it. So often you have something in your mind and then you recreate it in, in, in 3D, and then it's absolutely not working. So you have to change it, right? And what I do in this case, I usually let the artist know that from this point, um, it's a hit or miss. So it can be working or not, but we're trying something out. In this case, the artist understands, okay, this is something maybe we have to go back to a previous version or something else. It's just the knowledge about it rather than not having to do it. So you will still do it no matter what, But at least you know. Okay, we are now in an in a in an area where we experiment. And in this case, it gives the artist also the understanding um, behind it and the less frustration. And also, artists then often feel like more um, more integrated, I would say, or more more like that. Okay, actually, now I can show. Maybe I find something which the supervisor likes.
1: Especially if you explain the, let them what you actually want from that, you know, like I want to give exactly. them rim light to exactly. separate from the background or something like that. And then maybe he finds a solution without the rim light or, or like a second solution where he's did something with the background or something. And
0: like I think that. this is for me a very important point to communicate to the artist as well. So in, in the professional feedback, it doesn't matter if it's a bullet point that you write it down and you actually can write it down. Hey, this is, this is an, a try, this is an experimental, um, Tweak we want to, to do and see if it's working out, or if you talk to, to a person and say, hey, or for example, after the review, you can talk to go to the artist and say, yeah, maybe here be careful, and then you can go more into details and explain it.
1: I feel this is like a, a great point. I think this experimental thing should be addressed uh, like more often because I sometimes feel it's uh, it's maybe a hiding thing. It's maybe uh, you are so- not sure that it is experimental. Sometimes you find out later that it. You thought it will work. You didn't know that it will, it will actually end up being uh, seven reviews just to figure out which color uh, the back background will be or something like that. But I feel like um, this should be addressed more often. by because especially, I mean, if you know it beforehand, because because at the end of the day, it is, is what as you mentioned, it is it creates a lot of frustration if you if you do reviews and. And you like you feel like you know what you're doing, and then it's like it's not correct. And you're like, okay, light to the left. Okay, the background is dark. And you're like, I feel like I'm doing it correct. Why are you kind of giving me like giving me this thing back? And and this creates this like the small comment sometimes just of like uh, I'm not hundred percent sure. I'm trying to experiment can help. And of course the bigger comment of I'm I'm trying to experiment, and that is what you want to achieve. If you have ideas uh please please let me know but i think we should go this direction helps a lot i think in this absolutely case. correct i think here it's really uh to the point of how human communi-
0: how how do you communicate it that the person knows what is expected and that's going back to the topics we discussed before it's more like you know what to do and and it doesn't matter if it's supervisor art director client director um everyone is we are just all human beings and um it's a creative industry everything is is very subjective in a way. So, yeah. As a supervisor or anyone who makes a decision on the final image, you can make mistakes. It can look bad after something you asked for, and yes, you want to go back. But to keep the team also um like motivated in a way, not not that the frustration comes up, you want to communicate it. They will I the experience I made so far is they are fully on site they're fully on your your with you they want to make it better and they understand if something does not work we want to change it most of the time they
1: know it themselves you know most of the time they they also see like ah uh, it yes, doesn't work exactly, but I did exactly. it because he asked me to uh, yeah. so let's see how the review will go basically i actually like the the difference uh, between the technical and the more kind of like meta review because i feel like you do the the big one hopefully with everyone that's the best case you do the big one with everyone maybe everyone has a kind of a key shot so you explain them what you want and then it's basically just uh, the the technical parts basically for all the other shots it's just like you didn't deliver on that discussion. Maybe I I didn't explain myself now, but I explain now through my like bullet points, or um, you didn't understand, but and now you will understand through my bullet points. Hopefully, Not, like I would say in my cases. So I like this kind of um, binary situation where you, uh, best case, you have this discussion with the uh, artist, so he knows exactly what's going on in the shot and what is expected, and then you just go into the do your thing, do what is expected in your own kind of creativity. But when, when I give you feedback, it means you like, from your point of view, you shifted away from what the expectation and you just have to correct them. And I think uh, I, I like this thing because it creates this kind of, I'm free until the supervisor tells me otherwise, basically, or the one who gives me review. And it do- doesn't become a, a permanent discussion about every shot. You don't have to Uh, explain why it has to be 10% brighter and uh, 7% yellower or something like that. It's like I explain it to you, best case, and now uh, the only bullet points I give you is basically referring back to the original explanation more or less uh, in most cases. So I, I like this kind of thing because it makes everything a little bit more, this is time for discussion this is time for action, you know. So I feel like um, it, it. It also gets away from this individualism and stuff like that because sometimes I, I remember I, I did the same thing, and I like sometimes just to do the things, you know. If someone just if you would tell me the rim light is too soft, I just like I just look at the comment and I just do it. Exactly. Like, I will it, not it's, it's argue kind of about out, but... this ridiculous small parts, you know.
0: It it depends also on the artist, right? So. Um... I think in a in a tight schedule, this is the most efficient way how you want to move forward. Um, but it's, as I mentioned, not very fulfilling from an artist's point of view, can be not very fulfilling. But a lot of artists actually also appreciate it because it, it kind of makes them more smooth, more easier to do their job in a way. But it, it really depends on what direction you want to go. If you want to learn and to develop further, you maybe want to understand why you do certain changes.
1: I mean, again, it, it comes back to you have to be as basically what you said in the beginning, but now in in the smaller cases like you have to be very clear about the expectation. Like you beginning you set the expectation of the artist, but now in this case you are uh, clear about the expectation of this uh, sequence, maybe. So the bullet points that come back are just just the uh, the like execution of the expectations, like. Yeah, you, you didn't fulfill the expectation for whatever reasons, and I tell you which one you didn't fulfill, so just do them. And so for me, it's like, as long as you have this uh, this clear communication of um, the artist knows what more or less what he has to do, he has his creative environment, Well, how he can do it. And then you just go to, okay, great job, but... Uh, is away from that and if they're too far away then you can open again like the uh the discussion and say like hey i I feel like we have a misunderstanding we may have to uh make clear that this is like a dark moody environment and not happy happy uh, wonderland um so i feel like that's why i like this 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 thing of discussion open but then it's just realizing it and it's not there's not much to discuss about like this kind of Technic, artistic technical details. As but I here would it's call important,
0: as, as you just said, that okay, if an artist doesn't understand it, for example, or that does it get it wrong, or is not sure about the note, like the bullet point that person just got, um, that that artist always has the possibility to go to the supervisor or to have a reviews and asks, okay, I didn't understand that. Can you please um, explain it to me? So that should be always the possibility um to, to maintain, I think in my case as well, um, to maintain the, the team structure, like the team spirit. We're all working together. And um maybe yes, I'm I'm your supervisor, but in the end I see myself more like I'm here to help you do your job because you are you are actually doing the shot which will end up on on the on in the movie, right? Which will be in the cinema. You will you are doing the work itself. So so my position or my function as a supervisor in this case would be, um, to be a, let's say, like a servant to to the artist. So what? How can I help you that you can be more efficient that you can do your job the best possible way? And I see that almost on any um leadership function, like is it is it from from a production manager or a producer or um other supervisors, department supervisors? Like I feel like we all exist to 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 help the artists who are actually doing the work so they can do the work better and faster
1: sometimes uh, see it's like as an architecture you you know the building and uh, the the lighters the engineers who built the building actually so you will you will not you are not the one who creates the shot at the end of the day but you plan the shot and you know the, the all the doors and stuff and you also again it's always this kind of the discussion of you have more overview that's the that's the that's the benefit of being an artist or like a technical person uh, um You are just focusing on one task. For you, this task is the world. This shot is the world. You want to make it the best. Of course, there's like some guidelines, but this is your world. Um, but you cannot see after that. It doesn't. You 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 cannot see how much it matches to the whole movie. I mean, sometimes I had a situation where you you cannot have the quality as you try to do because you cannot maintain it for the whole movie. So you have to really dump down the quality because uh, it will not make sense if a sequence or a shot looks like amazing, like really like Pixar quality, and the rest of the movie looks like a play blast from Maya. And uh, so there's this kind of, uh, yeah, that, that's where where your individual like opinion is, needs to be kind of adjusted to the whole film, which is the, is part of the of the review basically. We did an, a feedback discussion after I left, and I really, really uh, appreciate that. It was one of the first maybe, or the second, or but definitely one of the rare occasions that I ever had a personal feedback discussion to me, like as I am in the company, you know, like in my work, but also as a, like as someone who's like working in the team, basically. So what I'm, I'm wondering is like on one side, how often do you think it's important to have this kind of discussion? And what is the, the, the purpose for you? What do you want from that? Like not specifically for the end, let's say for generally, like if you do a typical once a month, once a year or whatever, a discussion, what do you want from that one?
0: Yes. Personal reviews, I think very important topic um good that you mention it I think it's part of having a team um, is is the feedback you the personal feedback you give a person so what does what does it mean like uh, not every studio does it. I'm not sure how many studios actually do it um I remember it from from double negative time and I really liked it and tried to adapt it as well um when I was a supervisor. Um, that there I had once a year the, the so-called annual review where they kind of uh, talk with you in a, like in a one-to-one meeting about your achievements over the year, about your work, and about the feedback you collected throughout all the different projects you worked on. So you you got feedback from supervisors, from leads, maybe from people working next to you within the same room, or basically just very... I would not say random, but feedback from a lot of people. Um, So you collect it and then based on that, you give a personal feedback to this person. So the person knows, the artist knows where to improve or um, what was not so good or what is actually very good or where where did they do an amazing job, for example, right? Um, So what I try to do in my time as a supervisor is um, whenever... The project finished. I tried to to do a review, like a personal feedback review, in a way, like a postmortem, basically. You could say, yeah, I could say a postmortem meeting um, with this person, so a one-to-one meeting on a on a it's on a per level. So it's not about being professional in a way, right? Um, you, you of course you're professional, um, but you really talk about that individual person on its own, and how I experienced. To work with that person over the time or the duration of the project. So I usually do it after the project or when a person is leaving during the project. So when he's leaving the company, then I usually also do that. Um, For me, the important point is here more to give feedback to the person so so the the artist can learn from it. So what what I found good, um, what I found maybe not so good or what could have been improved, how do I evaluate the work or the the teamwork with this person? So kind of going really into detail or even examples, if you have, but explaining the person what I liked and what I didn't like. So in the, in the hopes of that, that person can, um, learn from it. If as it's personal in a way and professional, the person can take this feedback as, as he wants to, um, accept it or don't accept it but ultimately you have information you can do something with it if you do great if you don't also fine it's really up to you if you want to change certain things if you want to improve or or whatever right maybe everything was perfect and and sometimes i, I could just say please stay as you are you're an amazing individual being you're amazing to work with i love to work with you i hope we can work again together in the f- in the new future right so so that would be then where you maybe don't have a lot of feedback, but it makes that person very happy as well. You want to hear kind of the things. Also, if you do something wrong, you want to hear if you do something wrong. You want to know, yeah, did I do a good job? Was it fine? I have no idea, right? So that's the goal for me. And also I think a way of showing respect to, to that artist. So yes, maybe you are an artist of many others, but they still see you as a human being, and you deserve to know how you did.
1: Is there like a technique that you use when you approach that, like a sandwich technique? Uh, you talked about that: one positive, one negative, one positive, or something like that, or you just go into that. Because I know, I feel like because I remember our discussion, and uh, from you, from how I know you as a person, I feel like you are more on the positive side, generally speaking. You even if probably someone is a little bit more on the on the edge of. I I have to really like stretch to find all the positives here, but uh, I feel like you're always trying to come from this side more than just just kind of like like say like oh you could be more on time or um you could argue less on this on, on a on a review or whatever kind of situation. I feel like you come from that. Is there like something like a approach that you go through that specifically?
0: The approach I do here is basically. Um... Before I have this meeting with the person, I, I take my notes, I take my time to really think throughout the production of how we work together, how you work within the team. But as you said, I think more from, I try at least to think more from a positive side. So so no matter how, let's say, unmotivated a person is, usually you always find ways or not ways, you always have points which are actually good. Um, even if a person doesn't fit into the team or doesn't fit into the job, right? Um, it can have various reasons, which is why I find the communication so important to understand um, the person, why you maybe don't fit into the team or maybe, or maybe why you're not good in doing that task, right? And then the, the feedback, I go then more into the detail of, okay, what I liked. So why, why let's say, let's take the, art, the, the lighting artist, like the department, right, for lighters. I had artists which were absolutely not lighters. They didn't want to be lighter, but we hired them as a lighters. And uh, if you don't want to actually do the job or you don't feel like this is your the subject you want to, to work with, then um, obviously you will most likely not do a good job, right? So, And in here, it's more than the talk develops more in a direction of, Let's think about, is this really the right direction you want to go? So it doesn't have to be only saying this you did good or this you did bad, but maybe to figure out is this actually, is the lighting position for you, for example, really the thing you want to do, or is it not? Maybe you want to be a surfacing artist, right? Because you really like the look dev part. So, so in this case, yes, I know, for example, that person then left the company, um, started the next one as a, as a shading surfacing artist texture artist and did an amazing job. So, so it's, it's really right to figure out what is the best approach. So it's not only about what you did good and what did you bad. Right. So it's, it's kind of all of it, but yes, usually I start with a, a, a list of positive things, I value very much as a person, as an individual, as a professional, and then try to show the points, which I like from my perspective, which I would suggest maybe here you can work on, or maybe that you can improve, or maybe this is something where you don't want to do it again in the future.
1: So it's basically also a little bit of a career kind of discussion where you maybe say, like, you could be a lead. Like, you know, if you push a little bit in this direction, you could be a lead, (laughs) or you're just not a good lighter. Maybe you should start surfacing or something. Okay, that's. I think that's that's super important because uh, that's something I also experienced, for example, at Weta a, a little bit um, more on the professional level, less on the career level. To be, um, but this kind of discussion of like how do you do uh, as a like for example, if if you get your own project, for example, in terms of for example programming as a technical director on pipeline, you get your you make your apps and then they give you a feedback. Uh, you were the main person on that. You had two people who supported you. How did it work out you know are you capable of being someone who is in charge of the of the main part and so it's kind of a a feedback also um a little bit career-wise in a way even on this level it's kind of like how would it would it be if you would be promoted for example or if you would become independent in some capacities you know you could decide for yourself how like the light will be or something like that um this is something i i noticed For example on that one
0: yes so 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 definitely i would i'm treating it this way so every every talk is very different um and in addition to that so to the personal feedback let's say to the individual artist uh what i often also um talk about in these meetings is um the other way around so how did the artist experience the production how did the artist experience um the team how Did you feel within the company working on this project, having these people as a supervisor having working within the team? So how, what was the experience of the person? So it's also very valuable to get the, to know how did the artist feel, right? So what did the artist like? What did Pinot like, for example? And then from a company point of view or from a team point of view, supervisor point of view, you maybe want to do adjustments based on that because you can, Ah, I never saw it from this perspective, and now you get more information um, where you can do certain adjustments to make maybe improvements on the next project on the next team you want to build.
1: to kind of summarize uh, the whole discussion was um that building a team starts already by in the recruiting. It gets like sometimes you have no choice you you already have a team uh, from a project, then you. Can, it doesn't really start at recruiting, but in general, it can start at recruiting. It starts at interviews. we talked a little bit else like the purpose of an interview is actually less the skill part but more the team part actually. How is that? how will the person integrate integrate? Yeah, that's how I think most see it. like there's rare occasion where you have like a technical interview, but uh, generally technical, uh, an interview is more on this focus. And then that you need a time like a ramp up time is called it. Um, to really get people going not even like even if the project is going and this new person coming in or the project starts from fresh there needs to be kind of like a project for each for everyone who's coming in he can handle in a way that uh, like you know it's not a too high expectation it is close to what we're doing but it's still something like baby steps uh, wise and then also how to in a way maintain the whole relationship with uh, as we talked about fun for example you don't be don't be the Judas of the fun in in the end of the day just just like don't don't be the blocker at first i think that's the 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 first part is you know you you have your responsibilities as someone who who is who's is responsible for the team you have to push it forward you have your deadlines and so on and that's where you have to kind of poke the bear a little bit of the team um but try not to to do it in a way that, that spoils the fun. So I think that's a good thing because it's, it's not really a responsibility to create the fun. I mean, you can see it a little bit as a side, a side quest if you want to, but um, I think it's more of a responsibility don't to destroy the, the kind of the dynamic of the team in itself. It's also important here to mention, well, how do you
0: define fun in a way? So I'm not, I'm not necessarily only saying, yeah, we are all constantly laughing and telling us jokes and, and um we're having the party of of our lifetime it's it's more in a way of do you have fun doing your work as well right do you like your work do you you
1: enjoy it so it's part of that which comes also with inspiration and you can break the inspiration if with deadlines for example you know if you only feel like you're just catching up the next deadline you lose the feeling of you're creating something you know if there's this kind of there where it can be and then of course the last part was like reviews you know reviews of the work professional reviews which i really like this i i, re- I love this concept actually it's it's in a way obvious but in a way as also uh makes make more clear for me to differentiate between the creative part the discussion part the clear make it clear part and that break it down and just follow the what we talked about part to like, again, the real realistic of a production, you know, you don't have the time to be, like, make a 20-minute discussion with each artist on each shot um, thing. And it's also, in a way, for the artist, much easier to digest because he knows what's going on generally, and now he gets it in a very digestible uh, list way. And then finally to come back to the like review of the person itself, you know, giving a little bit of appreciation, which I which this is what, what I experienced, for example, when we had the talk, that uh, I experienced like some kind of a generally that we did that was just, was already kind of a sign of appreciation. Um, and then of course the whole talk is was kind of felt like um what I could do and just getting feedback because sometimes you're depends on the environment, you're sometimes absolutely not clear how you move the team you know how are you perceived uh you know are you maybe someone who's always punching your way forward or are you someone who's super passive or you're someone that that doesn't deliver you feel like always like you're always behind or something and this kind of can help up like open mis miscommunications misinterpretations um and open up like you know what um uh you are amazing in this and that and sometimes people like what oh, I didn't notice that I'm the fun of the room, for example, or I am the, the one who motivates every time uh, everyone gets down because it's, the deadline was moved forward again or something like that. So this kind of small sentence sometimes can make a huge difference on someone's fun and also kind of like continuation. Very much, very much. So also, also because
0: you're summarizing, like communication for me is really the, the way to go here. Um, even if you're in a very tight production, like with a tight schedule, if you have 5
1: minutes to spare for an artist take these 5 minutes it will it will help you hours later on I think that was we, we mostly speak about how to approach that from the building side and that was also the idea of the, I always think it is you are as responsible from the artist side so to kind of close it up uh, the whole topic I would be curious is like is there something that you feel an artist or the the everyone in the team can do something to keep this momentum of the team, this dynamic? Yeah, I would say, um, be open, be always open
0: to others. We are all creative people. We are artists, we work with passion. So we are one of these few industries in the world which um, gets very much defined by the individual passion of each person Um, and respect that. So you have a lot of different characters. Um, Let's say most artists are very nerdy or geeky in a way, which person you love. Um, but everyone has the individualist strengths and weaknesses. And as a team, you, you kind of want to be open to everything. If a person needs space, give that person space. But always be open and try to integrate people. So what I experience in some companies, you join and you're kind of, kind of left alone. Um, it, usually the first days or weeks are very hard to get to know people. So in here, uh I would like to recommend as a team. So here it's more like the team itself. Um if someone new joins, um welcome that person. Try to make it easy. Take remember them for how lunch you or for something exactly like remember that. how when you joined and how you felt on your first days. How how would you how would you feel different if you if you just say hello to that person, right? Or or just go with the person for lunch, or, or invite it to the group, whatever it is, just to break the ice, basically.
1: I think I would add uh, a point. I mean, absolutely agree. I think that's a fantastic point. And especially the integration part, I think, is the one that builds the team, because people come into that. And if they are alienated, um, it's not very pleasant. And it creates also this disconnect very fast. I think what I would add is, like, don't take yourself too serious in in general, like as as a person and also not as an artist, it's just like uh, you're not the, the pinnacle of the world. your work is maybe not the most important in the in the company. who knows, but uh, just take it as it is if someone gives you feedback uh, then it gives you feedback and um I don't know it's, I think that's something important. and if you struggle with something, uh, I think also just recollect is it is that is that something is it something personal? And then maybe you should address it with with your friends and stuff like that. You know, like you just have a problem with how you communicate or something, or it's something very very specific to the project or to the to the team or uh, to the supervisor. And then you should address them with them. I think it's also important to to don't bring too much baggage into the, the the thing. It's 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 always the same thing because sometimes you bring it, and it's 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 not good. It's there's like an element where where suddenly people are involved in in people's bad moods you know and it's a, and it's something where it can reach a point of like okay this is like keep it at home a little bit it's like to some degree again um and i think that's something that comes back to don't take yourself too serious a little bit also you're part of the team right so
0: you you're equally valued as everyone else it doesn't matter in a way what position um if you're part of a team you have a certain responsibility there are certain expectations to you and try to fulfill them in in the best way you can. And always challenge yourself, try to develop further and work together. So I think we're in this perfect industry where you have to work together to actually
1: succeed. That's it with this week's episode of the 21 Artists Show. Thank you so much for watching and listening. This podcast is 100% ad free. And to keep it that way, check out my website 21artistshow.com. There you can find exclusive access to awesome masterclasses and coaching opportunities to work successfully in visual effects, animation and games. Just go to 21artistshow.com. And don't forget to share it with people who would benefit from that content and tell them they're awesome. See you on the next episode. Next on the 21 Artists Show.
0: Most of our employees have my cell phone number. And if they really feel like it or if they have a question or if they feel unheard or if they don't want to say something in in a bigger meeting where everybody's present, then they can really pick up the phone and give me a call. And I would really like to keep running the place
1: that way.